0: You're listening to Nick's Not Creative, a podcast where I go around interviewing people far more creative than myself, talk to them a little bit about what makes them tick, dive into their creative process just a little bit, or, you know, just talk to them about their day.
1: weekend it's gonna suck because it's a lot of driving for not a lot of time but I could also use the extra time that I've used or that I've got this past week to buy a ticket if they're not
0: stupidly expensive that's very true very true well you're listening to Nick's Not Creative I'm your host Nick Eintzman joined by one of my very old friends Vinnie Confusa. how's it going my man things are going things are going yeah. for sure Nice, nice. Thanks uh, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, how, are, how are things? Work's obviously been interesting the past week and a half.
1: Yeah, so um, the past week I've spent a lot of time down at the coast um, just shooting away during a hurricane. and I, I can't say it's something that I expected to do, mm-hmm. but here I am.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's let's jump back a couple of years. You went to school for photojournalism, correct? Like, yeah, basic news newsroom production.
1: I, I went to um, a college in Vermont that put on a daily Monday through Friday half-hour newscast, and um, I the way the this, this school is structured is you can choose to go the on scene route or behind the scenes route. So, um, obviously, I chose behind the scenes. Um, because I'm ugly, but um, we
0: are are behind the camera people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I decided to go ahead and do that. I did a little bit of, um, photography and then I did a little bit of, um, directing and I decided when I graduated, I want to take the photographer route. Um, so that was back in May of 2016, Mm -hmm. took a job in Syracuse, New York. Didn't like it, left after five months and found myself down in North Carolina.
0: Now, for the most part, would you say that the topics or the stories that you've been covering haven't been anything to this level, per se, with covering Hurricane Florence, things of that nature? Have you had any other stories that were kind of, I don't want to say life threatening, but were more or less dangerous situations to physically be in?
1: No, I mean, I was put on standby to go to um, Tennessee when there was the Pigeon Forge fires, Mm -hmm. Um, but I never got sent to those. So this is kind of my first natural disaster, I guess, if you want to call it that, which it is. It really is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what is it? Thirty, thirty-two 32 people lost their lives or something like that. Is that what I heard this morning in the, uh, the video that you shared with us?
1: Yeah, it's up, it's up over, um, 30 people, which is, <sighs> that's... which is devastating. The first two, um, were found or happened while I was actually down there and it was a mom and an infant and a tree fell through their house. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, that's, that's just heartbreaking to hear. And I, I think that for people that don't work in media, they don't really understand how much of a, a toll that takes on people that like yourself that are shooting these videos, you know, that are down there in the eye of the storm, pretty much, you know, not to really pry here, but how do you deal with, with covering stories like this or covering tragedy per se? Um,
1: well, for, for one, I drink, um, but that's obviously not <laughs> the most accepted, <laughs> the accepted way to handle it so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step away from Florence and my, the first heartbreaking story that I covered was um, was a homicide and it was a 21 year old I believe that shot and killed a four-year-old accidentally um, so the hardest part about journalism is you are then sent to go talk to the family that just lost. They're live.
0: Yeah, just lost so, their infant
1: child. Yeah. So when we pulled up to the house, this lady comes out, and she was so welcoming. Um, she tells us that she watches us all the time, like so, so welcoming. So we start talking, and we find out that this lady that came out was the mother of the child that had passed. And so we start talking, we start talking. And mid-interview, it comes out that she, that the 21-year-old that shot the four-year-old, was actually the four-year-old's older brother. So this just kind of hit my reporter and I out of the blue, um, and that's the kind of first one that really stuck with me. That I like, I carry it around. Like I remember, like that there's people who are so upbeat and willing to talk about tragedy. And I just don't know how they do it. So, I mean, I, that night, like I went to the gym for like two hours and I I got off at 10 o'clock. So I was at the gym past midnight because like I couldn't get my mind to stop. And I knew if I just laid in bed, like that wouldn't work.
0: Yeah. It would just keep eating you and eating you and eating you. Yeah. And I, you know, like, like you are saying, you know, it's, it's one of those things that because you are the journalist, you're the one that's going there and you're pretty, for all intents and purposes, you're like the first responder. Yeah, there's social media where the family's posting about it, but you're the one that's kind of bringing it into the community aspect. You know, you're the one that's getting it on the, the news, the, the TV that someone at the, the coffee shop's watching, you know, that it immediately impacts all these other people. Um, exactly. And you are that storyteller. But uh, exactly. it can't, It can not all homicides and, and unfortunately natural disasters. What would you say is your day to day like? What is, for the people that don't really understand, there is someone behind the camera. What do you do on the, the regular nine to five, even though you're not working a, a nine to five schedule?
1: Yeah, I, I, my, mine is more like 9.30 to 6.30. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess day to day, like I'll, I'll I'll come in and I'll make sure all my gear is up and ready to go and. I get my assignment with the reporter that I'm working with, whatever, and we'll go out. And as you said, like, it's different every day. It's not all homicide. Um, It's not all natural disaster. I mean, I'll do things like gardening stories. Um, We have a segment that highlights women in the community. Uh, I'll go do long-form feature pieces where I've done... Personally, one of my favorite stories that I've done in long form format was a story about these. There's a couple houses in town that put together backyard concerts and they have these, not extravagant, but nice, um, like stages built. And they just host local artists. They come in, those families bring in, um, they bring in money, for donations, and everything that gets donated gets given to these up and rising artists. So every day is something different. And I think that's kind of what makes me enjoy the job as a journalist. It's not all, it every day I'm reporting to the same place, but every day is different. It's not, it avoids the monotony of a, of a job. Just avoiding monotony is something that keeps me going day to day as a journalist. Um, I can't imagine sitting in a cubicle and just doing the same thing every day, invoices, sales calls, things like that. It's just not something for me. So, I mean, I think I found a good job for Mm -hmm. not necessarily what I like to do because I, I, don't get me wrong. I do love what I do, but it's, it's a good job for my personality. I'm I'm not someone that can just sit at a desk all day.
0: Correct. Yeah. I mean, I'm the the same way. I mean, for, for those who don't know, Vinny and I grew up together. Um, what did we meet? At, we were like 11, 12. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And, you know, we're not, you know, I can definitely attest to this where I think if Vinny was sitting in front of a cubicle or in a cubicle in front of a computer for eight hours a day, I think we would know a very different Vinny confuso. one that would probably lose his mind. And I think he and I are pretty similar. Or I'm pretty sure that you and I are pretty similar in this aspect where we need that spontaneity. We need a a constant change of what's going on with work. You know, so that way our minds keep active. That way we're, we're constantly thinking about, oh, how, how can I tell this story better per se?
1: Yeah. And I mean, every day I'm growing, every day I'm learning something new um, on how to better my craft um, Mm -hmm. and just how to, how to conduct interviews and how to just be a better, be better at my job Whereas, I feel like you, the possibilities are endless on how good you can get with a job like this. You can only get so good at doing invoices. You can only get so good at making sales calls. Um, you can only get so good at stocking shelves. Um, but with this, like, I, I, I'm part of Facebook groups where people share their, their craft and you, you pick some things up, you, you learn from them, you kind of every day is personal growth.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think that's something that you went to a technical high school. You went to AIT, correct?
1: Correct. I went to um, the, the school gives every, every student a laptop and they focus on information technology and engineering. And I actually got the chance firsthand to work with um, an engineer from NBC Olympics and put together a control room so that the school can start doing student broadcast. And that's kind of what launched me into this career.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think that's one of my biggest regrets is not actually going to that school. But I mean, it's interesting to see where you started off from at AIT, you know, learning how to set up a control room, talking to everybody about the TV station that you guys had there and things like that, to actually now being a, a photojournalist conducting interviews Working behind the camera, editing this footage that you're shooting, you know, and really putting that to—I don't want to say a test because you're you're clearly you're doing a hell of a job out there. We're all stupidly proud of you, but you know, you're actually going out and like you're making this your career, your like your passion per se. Well, even if it's
1: what's what's really cool is um, if we come back to like Hurricane Florence and like big coverage like this. I was doing live shots with my reporters for with my reporter for stations in um San Diego area, um Indianapolis, Minnesota, uh, New York, um City Pick station picked up a live shot with us. So I mean, w- my what I was shooting locally was going national. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that was like hell yeah dude I, like i'm doing something good like i'm
0: yeah yeah I'm it's, it's a humbling feeling you know mm-hmm. the knowing that let, let's let's look at how news has kind of evolved in the past 30 to 40 years there's no real i mean you have Anderson Cooper you have the guys at CNN you have everyone at Fox but you don't have anyone like a Walter Concrete or or people like that that are more or less the, a face to news if that makes any sense and now you have the capabilities with telecommunications that you're able to go live. Like you're saying, like you're shooting in North Carolina and your shots being broadcasted live in New York, you know? And I think that's, that's huge. And it also on your end, like that's, that's awesome because you can be in North Carolina. And like you said, someone in San Diego that you haven't seen in eight years is like, Oh, I know who shot that. Or I know who that reporter who's, who's, you know, reading me the news right now, which I think is a pretty, pretty cool feeling per se. I mean, I worked mostly in radio, so (laughs) people hear my voice and like, oh, it's that guy. You I thought you would have been taller.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's shots of me walking in front of the camera that were that stations were taking my feed live and you just see me walking in front of a camera, which isn't my claim to fame, but (laughs) it's one of those (laughs) things where it's like, (laughs) I popped up on someone's T V and New York or Indianapolis or wherever I was just, just by chance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's look at like today that or this morning, I should say you sent a a group, a message to our group chat with all of our friends with the, the edit that you did now, obviously are, do you doing much editing or are you just strictly shooting and then doing like very, very basic edits? What, what's your play by play with editing? So,
1: like, my day-to-day, um, I'll go out and shoot, my reporter will conduct the interviews, um, and then take the interviews, log them, and write a script using the, the bytes, the smaller pieces of the interview that they want in the story. Mm-hmm. So then I, get, then I get the creative pleasure of, okay, how do I make this something visually pleasing that they don't want to, that people don't want to turn off? Um, so that's my everyday image. I'm just like, okay, how can I craft this into something that makes people not want to change the channel? Because there's nothing worse than, I mean, I'll, I'll go to commercials. There's boring commercials and they come on and you're just like, oh God, you roll your eyes and change the channel. Yeah. I don't want to bore anyone. So I get the creative pleasure of doing, of avoiding that situation. hmm. And it's, it's just something that's interesting because you'll, and that's another thing that helps me grow because like, I'll come back and I'm like, man, like, this can be something good. And then I get it. And I'm just like, I didn't get this shot that I need right here. So it makes you realize that when it, editing doesn't start at the computer, it starts while shooting because you can't edit a shot you don't got.
0: Yeah, I mean, knowing that having your, your basic shot line or you know the shots that you want to get written out is, is huge, especially, like you said, in editing, it's like, well, I wish I would have used a, a lower angle on this or changed out a different lens or something like that. You know, having that pre-planning of your shot list beforehand. I mean, I, I only know this on a very small, like DIY film type of aspect, but I can only imagine for you, you know, like you said, you don't want to bore anyone. Let's face it. Like you want to have those people, you want to have everyone's eyes glued to the TV when they're watching your news bit. And I think that's that's something that anyone really working in 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 a media aspect or a media outlet can really relate to. You know, they want the content that they're producing to really grasp that person. They want it to to resonate with them after they've turned it off. You know, after they've finished the program.
1: Exactly. You 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 want someone to be able to take what you you've created and remember it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, have you I'm trying to think of what to follow up with that, with your, your next two to three year plans, if you want to dive into that, how do you plan on serving in the Marines or what do you plan on doing after you come back from the Marines? Do you plan on continuing uh, being a photojournalist? What, what's your, your mindset there?
1: Yeah. So um what I've, my my thought process, I'm going into the core, I'm going to do reserves, so with reserves you still need a full-time job, so I'm sticking Mm -hmm. with photojournalism, um, and I've kind of, throughout my life, thought that I want to serve the country, Um, so it, for me, when I didn't go right away, I got into journalism, because that's a good way to serve your local community, because, as you stated a while back, it's We're the front line. We're the first responders. We get the word out for what people need to know. Um, So it's very much so rewarding in that aspect. So I'm just taking serving local communities, stepping up to country, and then I'm going to keep both of those titles.
0: Now, has the idea of doing wartime journalism, has that ever crossed your mind, or is that something that you're kind of leaning
1: it absolutely has. And if I decided to go full active instead of doing um, reserves, that's something that I would absolutely have thought, either that or a combat
0: camera. Very nice. Now, do you have any uh, tips, tricks, or generally advice for anyone that might be listening that kind of wants to get into journalism or is looking to get back into it? What would your your main, like... Advice piece be towards those people or to Um, those
1: people. Just, just to do it. I mean, you're not gonna. We live in a world where social media is everything. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very easy to become a citizen journalist. Um, A lot of people discredit that um, as not doing anything really, but I shoot some stories with my phone. Um, So it's something that you can do um you can record on your phone you can do anything with your phone you don't need to have that big $15,000 camera and all this sweet equipment it's just a matter of your want to grow and learn Mm -hmm. so you can't do any of that if you don't try
0: Couldn't have said it any better myself. Vinny, thanks again for being on the show, man. I hope to see you before you deploy.
1: Yeah, no problem, bud. All
0: right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. See you, man.